Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have the wonderful Lauren Larkin. Lauren is an actor and a writer. She is currently working on Split Ends, which is a remount of her super successful um, show that was done at Dublin Fringe last year as part of the Show in a Bag initiative. Uh, It's at Bewley's Cafe Theatre. I'm going to give you details of that in just a moment. As well as that, she is Irish Times Theatre nominated uh, for her role in Shelter with the brilliant Druid Theatre Company. Uh, And she's worked with loads of great people, uh, Veronica Diaz and My Son, My Son uh, Theatre Club, including history the game uh, heroin loads of great stuff and a recently talking shop ensemble with the great Sean Dunn uh, on Rapids uh, with my friend Leah Moore and Eva Jane Gaffney and uh, tons of great people on that one too so um, go in and check out Split Ends it's from the 1st to the 13th of April at Bewley's Cafe Theatre uh, that's a lunchtime show so they are 1pm shows um, I'm going to be in to see it myself uh, shamefully I missed it during the fringe uh, with all the madness that goes on there um, but go and check it out because it's been rave reviews I'm looking at the reviews here they're all four and five stars uh, which doesn't happen lightly so go and check it out <clears throat> you can probably hear uh, I'm a little bit under the weather so I'm not going to go on for too long but some really exciting news coming up on my end about uh, a couple of theatre productions um over the summer um, from kind of May to August is go 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 with theatre and between now and then loads of fun stuff happening too um, so be sure to keep an eye on all the social media bits and um, thank you so much to all our wonderful patrons on patreon.com forward slash personality bingo uh, that's really starting to come together for us now and it's making a huge difference in the running of the show so if you are someone who's listening and could kick a couple of euro our way it makes a world of difference to us so go and check out that link enough of all that lads please enjoy the wonderful Lauren Larkin playing personality bingo with Tom Moran. Lauren Larkin, ready to play personality yeah, bingo? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, sweet. So a quick explanation of how it all works. I've got 60 minutes on the clock. I've got 60 balls in here and 60 corresponding questions. I've also right. given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Yeah. Uh, four, right. 14, yeah. 23, okay. 37 nice. and 58. Right. I always love getting a little <laughs> in the middle of them. Sorry. Might be annoying. <laughs> no, <I laughs> it's a collaboration. It's a rhythmic thing. Um, and uh, I'm going to ask you for another favour. Could you pick a sixth number, something between one and 60 that's not already there? Right. What are you going to go for? Eight. Eight. Any reason? Um, it's my son's birthday. Oh, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Uh, and I should also say, if all six of them numbers do come out, that means the tables are turned. You get to ask me any question in the whole wide world. I'll give you a totally honest answer. Okay, right. Deal? Like, if all of those numbers come out? Yeah. Okay, right. If you get them all. I should say, it's never happened before. Okay, right. People have come close. We've got to five. Not in a while, though, because I've, I've gotten bad. I, like, I just get too wrapped up in the conversation. But they're always the best chat, so... Okay, right. Fuck it, we have to sacrifice something. Right, let's... And is oh. there any, can I ask you a question? Yeah, is there yeah, yeah. any, like, do, is there only a certain amount or do we just keep going until the 60 minutes is up? There's 60 balls in here. So, like, some episodes we've gotten through two. Other episodes we've gotten through 22. Do you know that kind of way? Wow. It sort of depends on, like, how we're vibing. It's not, it's not a judgment on the episode. I often find, like, the ones where I don't want to roll is because we're having great conversation, but sometimes someone just, like, gets to the nub of the point very quickly and we're like, yeah, nothing more to say in that. Right, go on. Let's roll with it. All right, here we go. Uh, number 58. Do you have it? Oh, I do? You do? Yeah! All right. Oh, fuck. We could be in trouble here yet. All right, number 58. The question is, in terms of artistic creation, what drives you to do what you do? 
In terms of artistic creation. So for anyone who doesn't know, you're an actor. Yes. Yeah. So what is it that, that that's um, pushed you into that way to live your life? I, I really like telling stories and I really like um, delving into kind of uh, why people are the way they are and um, the complexity of being a human, the complexity of being a person and kind of having a really strong empathy. Um, I also have a real strong... Um, I really want to tell stories that are not told, mm. that don't really get aired. So kind of representing people who aren't represented, mm-hmm. giving voice to the voiceless, that kind of stuff. Um, and that would have been like I worked um, with a theatre company called Theatre Club for seven years. And um, a lot of our work was about kind of social justice and um, politically engaged work. And, and that would still fire me up and that would still kind of um, every acting role that I kind of do and everything that... Um, everything that I kind of do was kind of informed by that, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because like the first part of your answer there, like, could also sound like you know something like being a counselor or a therapist would also do the same thing. But then there's that other thing of like, but being able to take that empathy, that like, just delving into someone's life, seeing why we do the things we do, and yeah. then like you know putting it through your own filter and sharing that with people. Like, how important is that performative sharing part of the job to you, or is it very much about the self-explorative or like? Ex- in the human condition how do you divide that up mm, I don't really it's kind of case by case if mm. you know what I mean mm. um, like I always remember like in school going I, I think I want to be a politician wow yeah like I was like or a politician or a teacher or hairdresser or something like that but okay. I know and I was always into acting and I always did, did it I was like you know I was always very performative as a child and everything and, and like went to dancing I was a champion Irish dancer mm. and you know so I was always like kind of showing off like but I never thought that acting would be my job like mm. and and then I was really political in school like in student student council prefect you know general goody two shoes like and then um and then when I went into Dublin New Theatre when I was 14 and kind of started making work uh, as we kind of left the DYT with Theatre Club and stuff like that, I went, oh my God, this is a real moment where I can join those two things together. I f- felt like I was really good at acting and performing. I felt like that was kind of me calling me vocation. Mm. But I was also like, I get to merge the political side of me too, which was great. Mm. Um, so so they kind of go hand in hand, if you know, if you know what I mean. Um, so they don't ever really... There's n- there's never an easy way to divide it up. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Talk about that political side of you as well, because I, I did all those things as well. I was always on the the student council. Yeah, like yeah. all that. Like I think you can nearly you can nearly tell by someone if they were. Ah, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's almost <laughs> embarrassing. Um, oh yeah, you're like you were that person. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Of course yeah. you were. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. But. What about, I've never understood the psychology, and I, I actually have a good friend who I think will go into politics. I've never understood the psychology of someone who goes into it, just because I think it would be the, you hear the abuse politicians get, for example. Oh, I totally understand the desire to want to do good, to want to improve, you know, like social circumstances, mm. problems that you see in your locality and beyond. What was it for you that, like, was it a serious thing that was like, I would look at TDs, I would look at the doll, these things, and be like, I could do that, I could change things there yeah like I was always uh, it always came from injustice for me like I was very aware of my class mm. growing up and I was always very I was always clever like mm. you know so I always god I feel very emotional talking about it 
I always was like, um, and my dad would have talked about private schools and he would have like always said the government fund private schools, but yet they fund public schools too. But like, you'll never go to a private school. And he was always very, he was always very open with us that we didn't have much money. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we, we didn't enough, like, but he was always very aware that we weren't, like that there were more, that, that there were people going to private schools, that there were people who college is a given. And for us, we had, like I had to get into Trinity on an access programme. Right. Do you know, like, so I was always very aware of that from a young age, from like 13, 14. It's not that college wasn't an option. It was just that it was probably going to be a little bit harder for me than it would be anyone else. I'd have to be filling out grant forms and I'd have to be kind of working a part-time job. Like I worked in a pub four nights a week and, you know, all whilst trying to go to college and all that sort of stuff and I know most people do that I'm not kind of playing the violin or going oh I had it hard like but but I was always very aware of that and I thought that that was wrong I ultimately was just like it's not right that my dad didn't get an education it's not right that my ma didn't either and it's and, and, and I was like and ultimately there's some sort of grave injustice that like, like an unfairness that's happened um, so I was always very interested in class and stuff like that and making sure that like fr children from a young age get like what they deserve. Mm. That life shouldn't be, life shouldn't be too, <clears throat> shouldn't be that much harder for some from, for someone from inner city Dublin to someone who lives down the road in Ranala. Like it mm -hmm. just shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. It's not right. And that really drives me like, mm. you know. Are you from inner city Dublin? I'm from Cabra. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm from... Coolock originally, and then we moved to Cabra when I was six. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, w when you think about that now, and, you know, like, you said, like, you know, you're getting a bit emotional mm. talking about it even. What is the feeling of, like, when you think back about that time and think back about if one of them grant forms is filled out wrong, it gets lost in the post, it just doesn't go your way, you don't get that grant form, you don't get to go to college, your life possibly looks very differently. Like, and I'm sure that's happened to countless other people from your yeah. area, other areas all around the country. Mm. When you think about that, is it is it an anger? Is it is it a sadness? What is it? It's a bit both. Like, okay, it's a bit of both. It's kind of like, fuck's sake, why is it so fucking hard for 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 people who want to be better themselves? Even though the government are giving grants, the government are, but it's actually just in changing the education. It's in changing the, it's changing the people's mi mindsets from a young age like that making education really like I think education is the key to breaking poverty like mm -hmm. um, and I think if it if, if that was kind of invested in even more like you know well then I think we would have people going on we would have more people from the inner city from working class areas going on to toward level you know you also find like people who kind of um, working class people who, who do go on to college it's like you know um and this isn't for everybody, but like they're kind of um, social care roles or social worker roles because they're going, I want to give back like, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not saying I'm not generalizing, but I've, I've noticed that from a, a good few people who I know who have gone on to getting it, who, who get an education and then they give back like, you mm. know, they want to give back to pull pull other people up like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting, like off mic, for example, we were talking about, you know, the kind of work we're doing at the moment you mm. were talking about you know work with, with theater club you've done you're working with talking shop at the moment like yeah. both of those companies uh, would it be fair to say are quite socially engaged totally yeah you know yeah, um, absolutely and then you know on the other end of the spectrum i was telling you i was going to go back and do copperface jackson musical I in know. the olympia which is like and i'm like yeah yeah deadly. and there's <laughs> absolutely room for both of those things in the world for sure 100 percent do you find yourself more drawn to the work where you're like, I can actually see how fundamentally this is going to make 
a change if the right person sees this at the right time in their life or, or whatever the case might be are you more drawn to that work where you can see the impact and maybe potentially a ripple effect beyond that yeah I mean I really I, I really am but at the same time I'm all up for the commercial stuff as well I definitely like I'm like coverage acts yeah fucking crack like <laughs> Um, at the same time, I suppose for me, from such a kind of young age, um, say our kind of the first theatre club show I did was uh, Heroin. Mm. And like that was a big pivotal kind of <clears throat> kind of a making moment for me, like where I was just like, oh, God, maybe theatre can change the world. Like maybe maybe it has got a ripple, ripple effect that we can start conversations and that people will start to think differently I mean even if you look at my experience of, of doing like I, I was in heroin for like the guts of seven years where we took it all over on tour and you know um, from 2010 to about 2016 17 and like um, even people would not use the word junkie around me because they know how, how I feel about that and they know I think it's dehumanising it's derogatory and it's a bad way to explain any human who in my opinion is sick has an illness addiction is an illness all that kind of stuff and that that's flown that that has had a ripple effect on even my family it's had a ripple effect on my friends it's it's kind of it's educating in a different way you know mm -hmm. so yeah that's the kind of work that i i am definitely drawn towards but also i'm up f i'm definitely up for the crack as well <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean totally absolutely yeah, yeah it's amazing because um I'm not. I won't mention the name of the person because, but it was someone we were talking about earlier in in our in our chat today, right? And I was in a room with them in a, in a work context, in a rehearsal context, yeah. and uh, a, a word was said in a discussion, and you know, you know, there was absolutely no intent uh, offense intended in, it, but it, you know, it was a derogatory word about like you know members of the traveling community. I'm sure you can guess what they are, right, like, yeah. and it wasn't intended in a bad way. You know, they're they're quite common in the vernacular in the same way, you know, like you know the or word was for people with intellectual uh, disabilities yeah, or like the yeah. f word for you know people who are gay yeah. whatever it was but these are like dehumanizing words but in the room in a, in the moment it was said and you know very politely actually someone just stopped and said oh sorry we don't say that word anymore and it was and that's all it was and yeah. and you know the person got a little bit defensive and was like oh no well i didn't mean it like that blah, blah, blah. but you know fundamentally it was just like no it's okay it's just like when we say it, like we catch ourselves, and then we go, "Oh, we don't say that anymore." Yeah, totally. and it was like one of the most powerful moments I've ever been around. It was so simple, it was so polite, it wasn't confrontational. And it, was it wasn't just a big conflict or fucking people battering each other about it. Like, no, you can't say that. I can't say it. It's just like that's just a derogatory word now. Yeah, like. and and like you know, you were brought up with that word. Maybe your parents said that word. Maybe your friends said that word. Maybe that was a word you said when you were younger, so you wouldn't feel like less than. But like fundamentally, when you say that, someone else feels crap. Yeah, you know, and that is a good enough reason that when you say it now, you. Just just go whoops sorry I shouldn't have said that and you do better next totally, time totally totally you know? so it is amazing when 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 you see little moments like that and yeah. theatre can be that thing I think yeah I think so and I think that's like that's kind of change enough because it's those changes that then eventually make societal changes you know 100% right we give it a spin yeah go on let's do it okay here we go next out the gate we have number 59 Okay, I haven't got that on my little sheet here. Okay, no worries. Number 59. I always feel weird about this question. You can let me know if this is an okay question. I, it's, 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 yeah. Have you ever had a near-death experience? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, well then it's okay. <laughs> I, know. I'm always I, mean, just... I came out of the womb with the um, cord wrapped around my neck twice. Really? Um, so if that's a near-death <laughs> You came out of the womb twice? I came out of the womb twice. It's quite impressive. I know, yeah. Um, and... Uh, 
what was the and, and then I've had it like I had appendicitis so I had my appendix taken out but mm. that didn't I didn't feel like I could die at this point in time you know yeah what age were you when your appendix came out uh, 15 okay yeah do you have like a, was it keyhole surgery no you, with, just whipped it straight out wow <laughs> yeah and what and about childbirth that was traumatic was it traumatic? Yeah, that was traumatic. I got, I was whisked off to surgery for an emergency C-section, so didn't feel like near death, but it felt like, oh, something's going down here. Like in that moment, is it a fear for yourself or a fear for the child, or are they one and the same? Uh, both, both. Like I remember going, am I? Because the problem was with me, my temperature was spiking, and they couldn't get it down. And then <clears throat> the baby started kind of um. Uh, not responding as much to to the to the midwives, and then I was just trying to stay in the zone because I was doing hypnobirthing. So I was like, I'm just trying not to get panicked and stuff. And they were just like, "There's no there's no point, Lauren, and us waiting around. We have to go now. Um, we're gonna have to take you up to do an emergency." And next thing you know, it was like forms were being thrown at me to sign, and they were throwing a gown on me, and I was going, "What's the rush?" And they were going, "There's no point waiting." And I'm going, "Oh Jesus Christ, this isn't good." Like you know, and then you're being pulled in a trolley up up a flight of stairs or you know up a, an escalator or whatever and I'm looking at my husband Peter going oh my god what's going on like you know but trying to stay calm and but I never thought I didn't think I was going to die but I was like I don't uh, this feels dangerous mm. do you know what I mean yeah like how um, <laughs> like it's something I don't know I, I've been thinking about it like lately and like I'm still I'm super young and all but like kids are just something that like the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, that is something I fundamentally would like to do yeah, at some point yeah, yeah. in my life. And like, I would love to have kids with someone if that's the right thing to do. Yeah. How different do you feel, right, going into that thing, not being a mom, just being like Lauren with, you know, a partner, you know, yeah. an actor, whatever the thing is, like, that's you. And then on the other side of that operation, you come out and like you're a mom, you've brought life into the world. I know, How yeah. fundamentally different do you change in those couple of hours? Or do you? I don't feel like you, you change straight away. I feel like you kind of change as the weeks go on. Mm. You're just like, wow, I'm different. I think like the strength that you'll get from childbirth and afterwards is strength that like we, as me and some of my friends call it mass strength. You'll just, you know what I mean? You'll have, you have mass strength and that's just <laughs> it then. And, and you do, you do get it and you get it because you've got no other choice. You've got the sleep deprivation. You have to keep looking after a little human who needs milk and who needs, you know, to be fed and, nappies changed and all that kind of stuff so it's just a strength that comes from having to you've got no choice like you mm. know you have to keep looking after even if you're and and it's and it's a real it's a real selfless act like I mean you, you're totally you're not about yourself anymore like you mm. know it's all about the, the little one you know yeah and it was a big part for me of like and and that's why like in the last kind of year and a half or so I've really been like going for it with my career because I'm going I can I can do that I can I can just about manage the two of them I can manage having a toddler and I can manage kind of writing a play being in a play <laughs> all of that kind of stuff but but at the same time it's a hard it's hard to strike a balance like you know because mm. if you let if you if you're say for example last year I was doing a druid play and I was in Galway for five weeks and my son was only coming down to me at the weekend and even at that that was really tough and I was trying to write a show for showing a bag at the same time in the morning times before I went out to do the show at night like in Galway and for that whole time I was like I knew he was safe I knew he was having a lovely time with his dad he was in his childminders and he was with my ma as well and I was like still felt like the worst mother in the world like really yeah I was just like 
why do why do I think I, who do who the fuck do I think I am to be in Galway when he's up there? He probably misses me so much, be scared for life. <laughs> you know, and then you're going, Oh well, calm down, like you know what I mean? That's just not the case, like Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Like you're always gonna have mam guilt, I think. And, and do you think that's a societal thing, or is that just like more of a like a chemical biological thing within you that like I just miss my son? It's it's a bit of both, but I think the first is is more accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I wrote split ends. Split ends is all about women and about women's struggles, and um, and kind of the silent strength of women that we don't really even talk about. So my thing of like I'm an actor, but I'm a mom but I have to just make it look like it's all really easy. Like, no one is saying that, but that's just a pressure we, I've noticed that me and a lot of women put on ourselves just to make it look like, yeah, I can do it all. I can be a go-getter in my career and I can be the best mom in the world and breastfeed and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you're going, oh, God, it's actually just, it isn't as easy as it looks. Like, I remember being on tour with Robin when he was three months old in Australia and, like, he was on me boob and... My husband is in the dressing room and the milk is drying up and I'm going on stage and you're just going, ah, oh, Jesus. And everyone's like, fair play to you going to Australia with the baby. That's amazing. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, like, I, I think it's definitely a, a pressure. I think our generation are from kind of 40-year-old 40, 40 women down to, down to now. We have been told that we can have it all. We've been told that we can have the big career. We've been told that we can have all the babies, the husband, you know, you can have it all. And actually it's just, it's, it's, it's hard, like, mm-hmm. you know. And how like, do you feel a responsibility? Obviously, again, you know, I don't mean to keep coming back to this because we were talking about it in the theatrical context at the start mm-hmm. of like that work that's socially engaged. Okay, split ends. I haven't seen it. I'm going to go see it this time around. I can't oh, yeah. wait in uh, in April. But um, do, is, do you feel a responsibility? Like sometimes, you, you know, one of the interesting things about say like our generation right is that mental health you know people talk about the stigma around mental health and now for example I will commonly talk about going to therapy and I don't don't even I don't even nearly connect that to mental health I just see that as like oh that's something I just need to do every now and then because that just helps me like going to the doctor if you have a throat infection like I go I like try and eat well and I go to the gym and I go to therapy every six weeks and these are just things that help me to be like the best version of me yeah other people would be like well yeah that's like your mental health it doesn't even feel like that to me to make it draw a weird parallel because i obviously can't relate in the motherhood sense of things but how important for it you know is it for you to make theater about that to have this conversation on the podcast whatever it is about like yeah i'm a good man yeah i'm a good actress yeah i can do them both together but it is hard and talk about the dressing room moment, you know, where you're breastfeeding and, you know, Lauren Arkin to the stage happens at the same time. Yeah. And it's all a bit of a shit show as well. Like, um, did, did, you, did you have people in your life, I suppose, who were telling you those stories of the, the times that it was hard for them, their vulnerabilities? Or did you kind of just have to figure that out yourself? Mm. No, like ev- everyone is actually, that's the thing. Everyone is saying that it's hard. Like, OK, no one is lying about that. Like, you know, actually. It was funny because me and my husband were laughing. Um, I um, Like everyone just kept saying, four or six weeks is the hardest. You know, when you have a child, four or six weeks is the hardest once you get through that. And then when we were like, when he was like eight weeks, I was like, I thought you said it was four or six weeks. <laughs> and, uh, and then like we we kind of laugh about that. But no one is like, no one is lying ab- ab- about it. And But no one wants to scare you either. No one wants to turn anyone off having a child. Mm. It's like, you know, and nor do I, because it's actually been the best few years of my life. I mean, Jesus, it's given me such purpose and it's given me the best crack and he is the best, like, you know, but it's just, I suppose that's the reason why I don't think people can talk about that. It's hard 
or, or feel maybe that they can't talk about that it's hard because it feels like you're maybe doing a disservice to your child and that you don't love them or something mm-hmm. when that's just not the case that's just not the case for me I just want to state that like it is hard like yeah 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 <laughs> like, of course I think goes without saying that you absolutely love them and would kill anyone who did anything to them you know what I mean yeah. like it goes without saying so sorry the question was Oh, who knows? Who knows at this stage? <laughs> no, you were you were asking me something specific about. I I think I was asking you about if you had like people in your life who who were willing to share their vulnerabilities about motherhood. Yeah, they were, they were, and like the thing that I always kind of um, the thing that like kind of stood out for, for me is that like I I'm very lucky. I'm one of the lucky ones. Like you know, um, I don't have huge rent and have to move out of the city and give up acting I don't have like um I'm very lucky my family are so supportive and they'll mind Robin for example I'm off to Galway now to do to do a play and me mum is picking him up from the child minders and then Peter his dad is going to pick him up from me mum's and we've got like a lot of support around us and I think about the actors who've had to um give up because because a lot of the time generally it's the man is out kind of um earning and the woman is at home mm. and they've had to give up or, or move out of the city because they can't afford it and I just think that's that's not great either like no no you know and I'm one of the lucky ones like I really am mm-hmm. that I can still make it work yeah you know I don't have to pay for childcare five days a week you know I'm very lucky that I've got a flexible child minder and I have my mum as well but I'm like the people who actually just have to pay for it all day every day if they get a gig in the abbey last minute you know what I mean I gotta go Jesus that's tough like yeah it's huge mm. Do you, has having a son, like a little boy, in any way changed the way you look at like the adult men in your life? Um, no, it because <clears throat> I did this show called The Game just before I had Robin and it was about misogyny. So mm. I was very aware of men, toxic masculinity, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I found out I was having a boy, it was just after we'd finished the game and I was like, that kind of makes sense that I'm having a boy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah. like a little boy has been brought to me after I'm after learning all this. The show was about prostitution and sex work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, after learning about all these women and all these men. And I was like, I have to show him the way. Like, and <clears throat> that comes down to like everything that I do with Robin now is very like, you know, I make sure if I'm painting my nails, I ask him if he wants his nails painted. I buy him pink toys. I got him a pram for cr- I was like, oh my God, is Santa here? Oh my God, you're so aware of that that you can't say about Santa, but like no children are going to be listening to this. I was like, we got him a pink pram, uh, not a pink pram, we got him a pram for Christmas and a doll and stuff like that. And it's just interesting watching him because he's the boyest boy, like the boyish, most boy, boy you'll ever meet. Like Interesting. Yeah. Even though you're, providing him like not in a you know we were talking about like social conditioning earlier like yeah. and, you know boys being you know blue bedroom action men guns whatever the fuck it might be oh, I know whereas you're not going down that route but it, it, do you find that he is gravitating towards that kind of stuff naturally absolutely he's like Paw Patrol dogs diggers um, hammers tools like anything that's kind of boyish he's just like let me have it but at the same time he's got a lovely gentle side and he loves bringing his doll for a walk in his pram and um and he, he painted his nails with me last week and that's the extent of the kind of so-called girly stuff that he'll do. Like, sure. other than that, it's like, I'm going to be a fireman and, you know, boys are very good at running and I'm like, and girls too. Do you know what I mean? Like, And I'm like, where did he pick that up? Like, Because I'm very, very aware of not doing the gender thing at all when I'm like... Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah, I remember as a kid, like, because I, I was quite 
like again it's you know you're trying not to use the words like boyish or girly or whatever but like you know I wanted a Barbie at so, like at some point in my I don't know what age I would have been but like when, when we go to like a and you know it was fine in my house and I was quite like um, you know played a lot of football had all my action men diggers all that sort of stuff yeah. did all that as well and then at the same time I was like I wanted a Barbie and I remember it was grand in my house I was the oldest kid so I wasn't yeah. going to have a brother giving me a hard time my mum and dad didn't really care did you they know? not that's good no I don't think so mm. um, but I remember my cousins you know when I go to like their head like my older cousins would give me a hard time I still get a hard time about it today which that's is just gas, gas. but like um, but it's so funny like I have no idea why I mean why why I wanted that but I just did as a little kid and like and that's what I should have had absolutely and god forbid that you have all of the action men and a bloody barbie like god for, yeah. do you know what I mean god forbid like that's all like what I just wonder what people are afraid of mm. like it's like what are you afraid of are you afraid that he's going to be gay mm-hmm. or are you afraid that he's not going to be manly enough for you or wh- what exactly is it like I don't know why people are so afraid of it like when we like and I've already had like people saying stuff like um you got him a, a doll in a pram. Why? And I'm like, Peter wheels Robin's pram down the road. I wheel Robin's pram down the road. So he should be able to mock that because that's what toys are. They're mocking adults doing, like, you know, adult things, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I'm like, so he should be able to do that too. Like, and just because he's, I'm like, we I have to remember we're raising boys to be men. And I'm like, and he's going to be a man that f- doesn't feel embarrassed or emasculated by doing things that are considered feminine do mm-hmm. you know and I think that I think more men owning that stuff and holding their own because fem- we all have a masculine side we all have a feminine side I feel and I think the more men that are able to kind of connect with their feminine side the better totally yeah it, it's it's a very it's a very funny thing because what you said earlier about like are they afraid they'll be gay like <laughs> I think there's truth in that <laughs> like I actually I hopefully less and less and less yeah, and less and less but like, I, like I bet, like some of the people that were asking you, like, what, why does your your son have a, a pram with a, a doll inside? Like, <laughs> I think the subtext of that is like, is your son gay? Are you trying to make your son gay? Are you afraid your son is going to be gay? Something in that. Are you going to make him gay? Like. Are you going to make him gay? As if that's how life works. I you know, know. Yeah, that's it. We all made them gay. Yeah. 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 And thank God for that. Right. Hey guys, Tom here. Sorry to interrupt the podcast, but uh, here at Headstuff, we have a ton of other amazing podcasts. So I'm going to throw it over to Aaron, who is going to insert a digital advert with one of the podcasts that you should be listening to. If you like this podcast, you're probably going to like a ton more on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Did you ever dream of being a perfect Wakefield twin? Let us show you what a terrible idea that is. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And on Double Love, we take you through the strange and terrifying world of classic 80s teen book series Sweet Valley High, book by book. Join us every second Thursday for a new episode. Go on. Here we go. Number 22. Do you have it? No, I have 23. No worries. Number 22. Oh, here's an interesting one for you. Okay. This never comes up. Um, from past or present, do you have a favourite Irish sports person? <laughs> um, and I think, it, are you sporty? Uh, I, I used to be. Like, I used to be, I used to watch it, but I, no, not anymore. Um, like, off the top of my head, I'm like Sonia O'Sullivan because I watched her in the Olympics when I was very young and yeah. I had an impression, impressionable age and I was like, she's deadly. She like I was like, yeah, the way like I'm watching her running, and I remember watching it in school and going, wow, and yeah, she always seemed like a cool, a cool person to me as well. Yeah, it was like she was so impressive. I think because 
Yeah, if I, I, I remember, like, in, there's something about, like, the watching a long distance run as well. Like, you've got so much time to literally see it all develop in front of you. Yeah, it, it's and not watching like a, the craft of it, like, oh, man. the way they move their body. They're not just running, it's like an art. Totally. Yeah, it's unreal. And the psychology of it, like, I was listening to, I think her name is Kira McGeehan, and she just won, uh, the, I think it was the, the 1500 metre. <gasps> I heard for, of her. For, or was it 800? I can't remember. I think yeah. she runs a couple of different distances. But anyway, she won bronze. Um... And I was just listening and just listening to her talk about the psychology and how she wrote out the outcome for everything, you know, wow. fast race, slow race, if I fall, whatever it might be. Yeah, but she had yeah. it all mapped out. And, you know, it's not just, OK, she like she said, she knew her body was like in a metal position. But like then your mind, you know, that's the biggest thing, really, isn't totally. it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about this a lot recently, like um, for you. Even in terms of like you can put it in any context, I suppose you could literally put it in any context, whether <laughs> it's like parenting or auditioning, whatever it might be. Like what role? And because like I am a big sports person and I, I love it, right. but I think I love sports for the same reason I love a lot of like the storytelling elements I love. Like I like the, most sports, I think that people love and the great games people remember, they have a like a theatrical dramatic narrative to them. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Oh my God, like yeah. The comeback, the underdog. Like it's all the same thing for I me. I know, it's beautiful. Like it's really nice. Like, oh man, yeah. it can be yeah. amazing. Like what role does preparation and, and that sort of thing have? This is a bit of a selfish question because I've been thinking about it for myself and I've been thinking about it for myself in like an audition context and mm-hmm. you know, you'd be examining your auditions and the good ones, the bad ones, whatever, whatever's happening. And like I really just realised and I'm a good prepare like I'm a hard worker like if yeah. I get something I'm gonna learn it that's just in my nature it's the same student council kid like that, me too th- that's yeah. just me you yeah. know like, yeah. yeah so um, but I, I also can absolutely draw a direct line with like prep like good quality preparation mm. like I'll always be off book I'll always like have the bare minimum but like when I really like gone for it and like put the hours yeah. in like that you're like seeing blood like you're just <laughs> yeah 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 give it to me but yeah. but, but it pretty much always, it doesn't doesn't always lead to a job at all but it always leads to a, a good audition you, you know that way and that's that's I know it's not the same as getting the job but it's very important to do them yeah it's much to do uh, good ones it's like. much more it, do you know I actually realised that recently like a good audition can actually it can give me like a sense of like a pep in my step for about two weeks after totally. even though I don't the get the feeling job of uh, there's nothing I could have done there. There's no. nothing. There's nothing more I could have done. There was nothing less. I did exactly what I feel is good. And if that wasn't to work out, well, then that I have to hand that over to the universe. Like you know, totally. Yeah, it's it's a lovely feeling actually. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, I did, I did a, a decent thing in yeah. that room, and like I've left it there now, and you, and it makes it so much easier to walk away from it actually. Totally. And put the sides in the in the bin. I was just about like, to say, do you put them in the bin? Yeah, I do. Me too. I do. Yeah, yeah. 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 Almost always. The, the odd time, I'll, like I'll be like, oh, there might be a callback in that one or something. No, but you I always say print them out again if you get a callback. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a printer, you see. I've got to go, <laughs> you're like the, I've got to, the go to the library. Important. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's fucking ten cent a sheet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's give it a spin. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, number eighteen. Do you have it? No. No worries. Um, are there any things you do day to day to stay healthy? Like, like exercise and all that. I have a list, but so I I don't put the list in because one time someone slagged my list before and I, oh. I they, it you was quite it was quite a good slag. I thought it was quite funny. So um, no, you don't have to tell me the list. Uh, but it is. It, 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 exercise is one of the four things on the yeah. list. Well, I'm a, I'm I I go from exercising a lot to not exercising, and I always think that's just down to me circumstance because I because um 
I'm either working or I'm not working or I'm at home with Robin or I'm not. And like there's no stability and there's no routine in my life. Um, it's not an excuse, but like as in I'm giving it as an excuse, but I don't think it's a, a valid excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to walk as much as I can, but I do love a good hard, like I love a spinning class and I love like a real hard workout where there's like sweat running down your whole body. That's the kind of workout that I'm into. Like, right. Um, and obviously I was a dancer for he- years, like so I would have gotten a lot of kind of uh, a lot of aerobic exercise that way. Mm. And um, and then I would eat very well. Would I, you? Yeah, I would eat very well. Like I would make all like, you know, um, all home cooked dinners from scratch um, good lunches. And I drink a lot of water and a lot of green tea. Mm. Yeah. But like, I mean, at the same time, still have a few drinks, you know, that kind of thing. I still would have the odd takeaway every second weekend or, you know, stuff like that. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, do you, I was thinking about that, like, is it, is that a, do you, th- if I think about, like, growing up and, like, my house and, like, say, you know, uh, I was lucky enough to have a mum who, who, you know, I used to go to a childminder a lot of the time and then at a certain point when I think mum, I have three younger, two younger brothers, mm-hmm. there's three of us, and um, I think when third brother came along, um, we, uh, mum took a career break and, you know, she was at home. So, like, there'd be, you know, for a while, then she went back to college and stuff. But, wow. um, but there would be, like, meals made. And I think about, like, I think of, like, mammy dinners. Do you know what I mean? Oh, right. And, like, yeah. what that looks like for me. Like, when I think, because what I cook for myself is very different to what I would, like, if I think of what mum made, like, it might be, like, a lasagna or, yeah. like, a shepherd's pie. Probably in hindsight, stuff that will keep for, like, a day or two. Totally. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, keep them in the fridge and stick them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, has having, like, a, a son or, like, a little baby, you know, toddler, like, does it does it change the way that you cook for for yourself and your family? Um, yeah, it kind of does. Like, because I was always very uh, aware of, like, I didn't want uh, Robin to be a plain eater mm-hmm. because I found that, like, a... Not all of us in our family, and my family, I come from a family of five girls, like, right. um, the, like I always found that there's, there was this attitude of, like, kids can only eat um, sausages and chips or chicken nuggets and chips, and I was just like, and then I'd seen friends who didn't, like, have that with their children, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's, I don't, I don't want Robin to just have a real, I can't, I can only eat toast and sausages and chips or whatever, so mm. I really made an effort from when he was young to be, like, giving him avocado and butternut squash and oh, wow. all that kind of stuff, and now he'll pretty much eat anything I give him. Amazing. Yeah, so I was always kind of going, I want him to be able to have, like, a, well, what's the word, a, pa- a palate? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a palate. Yeah. What, what's the, um? how much of, parenting is that it's looking like how you grew up like what your parents did the good things your parents did the not even the bad things but the things that you you don't want your kids to have we can call it bad things just for easiness sake yeah how much of it is that like picking and choosing like you're like these were things that my parents did amazingly and this is something that like down the line maybe like has caused issues for me or something that like maybe i don't want to bring my kid up that way or how much of it is it you, you just feel it out yourself most of it is that is which the, is the is the, the parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're kind of like, oh yeah, that worked for me, or that didn't, or you know, I'm not going to do that. And then yeah, a lot of the time you're feeling it out yourself as well, like mm. you know. And does it recontextualize your own childhood? Like, do you look back on your mom and dad and kind of go, like, you know, because when you're a kid, your parents are like Greek gods. You know what I mean? Oh my god! And then you grow up and you're like, oh my god, they're just people. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> does it do, does it do that to an even greater extent where you're just like they probably didn't really know what they're doing, or or 
Or how, how does... Do, I, I just... I'm, oh, yeah. Like, I'm just like, geez, they were just putting out fires. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? They're just like trying to get like everyone dressed, everyone out to school, everyone, you know, fed, watered and to bed and keeping a routine and all that kind of stuff. And then you kind of go, I think nowadays, I think, I don't think kids actually look at their parents. And I could be wrong. But um, I'm not sure if kids look at their parents the way we looked at our parents because there's a lot more of a, I don't know, I feel it's like an open dialogue with kids now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like kids are more able to kind of express themselves or, or like, you know, we would have just been like, no, my mom says this, so that's the truth. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she said so. You know, like even stuff you remember about like, you know, like the way every kid has a specific Santi story. Yeah. And like if a kid in your class's story was different and you'd be like, no, he doesn't. He comes down the chimney or whatever it might be. Or no, he doesn't. He likes whatever food it might be that you leave out. And you're just like, oh, I can't believe that they because that's the story that your parents gave you. And that's the story, story their parents gave them. So I think nowadays kids are like a lot more there's an open dialogue mm. do you know more of an open dialogue and people are having less children yeah is that right yeah I think people are having less children mm. I think do you think about that as a parent like like, is that a thing that's on your mind of like the size of a family you want or is it like are, are those conversations that, that you and your friends have I don't really I, 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 I'm so yeah. curious about this I don't mean to keep talking about it I no, just don't have oh loads God. of I'm so interested in like parenting and families and things like that do you mean like do people talk about the size of what, what yeah, size family they want like, yeah I always wonder that with like my folks because you know like did they sit down and go like three kids is like what we want <laughs> and that's what we're gonna have and like that's that or does it kind of just happen, happen over the yeah. course of your life I would say now people are doing a lot of like two, two and through. That's what I've heard okay. a lot. Two and through, or some people are like oh, one and done. <laughs> like I've heard that those phrases being used. Like yeah, um, I think it's very much like I think everyone now is either going. God, if you like, if you think about it now, most people if they have a third child are like, oh, we have to get a bigger car. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that's the real reality. That's the real thing for people now. They have to get those big people carriers. Like so, I think that big difference between two and three is huge now, especially the expense of living now. I mean, kids get a lot, and kids expect a lot, and you know, even right down to like I was laughing this year, like um. We brought Robin to see Santa, but we also brought him to a Santa experience in Wexford that a lot of people do now. So you have kids going to see Santa twice, like wow. if not three times. And you're like, we went once in a shopping centre and you went in and you got the Santa who looked a bit shy, like, yeah. and, you know, and, and a little toy connect for or something. And then that was it. Like, but this is like, it's excessive and they have to have their Christmas jumper and they have to, you know what I mean? Wow. So I feel like people are going, if I want to give them the best, well, then I can't have as many, like. Wow. And as well, you have women and men work, so it's harder. It's a big childcare bill yeah. for three, four years before they go to school. Mm. You know, so I would find that, like, and as well, I'm in a kind of, I'm an anomaly in that, like, I'm not at the age I had, I had my son very young, like, so I'm not in the age where all my friends have babies. There's one or two of them that have babies. Um, so, so I don't have, like, my group of girls who, you know, we all have children. Or anything, so everyone is so different, you know. And do you like that, or can you feel a little bit lonely within that? No, I think I like that. Mm. I think I like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like the, I, I have one friend of mine who who did have a child, and again, quite young. Like, and it's amazing seeing all 
our other friends kind of just like especially like the girls in particular I wouldn't be super good friends with this person but it would be even you can observe it via Instagram and stuff even yeah. you know and like all the girls are around all the time they all want to take you know her daughter yeah, out for, for like totally. tea for walks to the park it's lovely like yeah. it, it's real well it, it looks lovely I don't know what the reality is but it looks lovely yeah you're like on social media <laughs> yeah. uh, lens on it it looks delicious <laughs> do you have any thoughts about that about like social like th- your your relationship to social media and the role that your child plays within that because you know you do see people that kids are like a character on their social media yeah. pages yeah I haven't to be honest at the start I would have shared because I was just so excited I couldn't believe I had a baby I was like ah! you know it was amazing and everything I did was him he was my life like you know whereas now as much we're getting our independence a, a little bit more you know he's nearly three and um, is so it's not that like he was literally he was everything he was with me 24 hours a day for probably the first year of his life you know for the most part mm-hmm. um and uh i think that like i would have shared more pictures at the start of him and kind of didn't even really think about his consent or i didn't think about whether you know whether that's ethical or not i kind of thought the odd time i was like oh yeah like i heard people talking about maybe you shouldn't share your kids on the internet because like you know pedophiles and all that i don't know sure and uh, i was like and then I thought about it more and I was just like, oh, do you know what? As he gets older and he's starting to do funnier stuff and all, I was like, that's a real opportunity. To, you could totally social media that up to the max. Yeah. But I, I've decided not to. Like, Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've decided, like, I haven't posted a picture of him probably in a year or something. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, like, I mean, don't hold me to it. Like, no, you know of course. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like, just I mean, it, it's just that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm going to go, mm, maybe it's not. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I think as well, each to their own. I'm like, oh my god, if it's a big part of your life, and if if you know, if your kids are your life, I remember there was an article a while ago, um, someone giving out about people doing like posed pictures with their, with their children, and saying that like it's it's not, um, it's not ethical because you're not taking a picture of them when they're up crying in the middle of the night, and you're always getting the best picture and blah blah blah. But I'm like. Isn't that what social media is? I would never put a picture of me vomiting up on social media. I would never put a picture of me tired in the morning up on social media. So, you know, of course people are going to get their children when they're doing the funny face or, mm. you know, making them smile. And So, yeah, it's a very interesting topic that I kind of haven't even delved into as much as I probably should. No. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, it is. It's a funny one. Mm. And like like no other generation really up until like the last 10 years has had to think about it. Totally, So there's yeah. not like a, a well-trod path, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So and I there's no right. clear-cut way no. of it either. Like, so yeah. I think you're right. You just got to keep moment by moment, like year by year, keep being like checking in with yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, what, what's my relationship What do I now? think about it now? Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Right, let's give it a spin. Go on. Okay. We're getting loads of spins in. Yeah, no, we're doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, number seven. Do you have it? Nope. This this would be a very well flowing episode, I would think. Like this is, I feel like this could be satisfying to the listener. They're like, it's uh, a perfect mixture of like good conversation. I think people like the variety of like the randomness of the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Number seven. The question is, what is an achievement you're most proud of? Um, achievement I'm most proud of. Um, um, I think I'm really, really proud of myself for. Uh, writing and performing a play in Bewley's as part of showing a bag and that it sold out. Mm. That was a really big moment for me. Like Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Was it always something you knew 
you wanted to do? Like, what was your relationship to writing before the show in a bag scheme? I was very used to making. So, like, I would very much consider myself a theatre maker. I was used to that in theatre club. We were always on the floor devising, making, researching. So, like, nev- none of that kind of scared me. Making something didn't scare me. Devising never, you know. Mm. But sitting down with your laptop and writing, I'd never re. I might have, if we've had chunks of text in a theatre club piece, we might do an old Google Doc and start writing things in. But I would never have felt, you know, that like in, um, what's that, like the thing that writers have where they're just inhib- they're inhibited and they can't write. Is it writer's, oh, writer's block? Yeah. Kind of writer's block, but like, you know, where you're just like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Like, right. I would never have had that because everything was flowing and it was so ensemble in theatre club and we were always working together. You were never on your own. Whereas with split ends, it was like me sitting down on my laptop. Or first of all, I started handwriting it and like in a copy book, like, and I was like handwriting it, blah, blah, blah. And then taking it to the laptop. And then you're kind of going, you go on a mad one, having a great time. Then you're going, oh my God, that's, I can't go near that again. So, mm. you know, all of that. And then I was so lucky I brought in, um, I don't know if you know Ashling Bourne from Talking Shop Ensemble. I don't. Um, she directed it and then and kind of developed and co-wrote it with me then in the end. Um, she was brilliant, like dramaturgical eye and everything and like really would have helped me develop one of the characters, Trish. Um, so she was always very good at like making their stories just zing, you know, the, mm. all the characters. So that's something that I go, wow, I just didn't know that I could do that. Like, mm. And I feel like I did it very well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting answer because when when I asked you the question, like I, I don't know why, but I'm like second guessing what you're gonna say. And I'm gonna be like, okay, like Irish Times Theatre Award nominee for this year for the the Druid Show. Oh yeah, that's deadly. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but uh, but do you know yeah. the reason I'm I'm bringing that Love. up is is because, you know, um, <laughs> okay, you, you know the quote where and I can't even quote it properly, but but the idea of it's not about like the destination, it's about the journey. Oh, I'm all about that. Okay, so... I'm all about that. I'm going to put this in, in my language for you. Yeah. I support this football team called Spurs. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're, you know, they've been shit for the longest time. <laughs> it's, like, interesting. Yeah. And you've stood by them. Yeah, it's, like, a family <laughs> thing. It's like, it's definitely to do with my dad. Right. And, like, like so there's a real emotional tie there. Yeah. And stuff. Um, and, uh, like, I was over in London this weekend with my brother going to see them. Like, oh, I love them. Fuck. Like, I, I put a weird amount of investment and, like, self-worth Into in this... Them these random millionaires who run around in shorts. You know what I mean? <laughs> so so um, we were, um, one of the things they're criticised for is like they, they their net spend, right, is 23 million, which is tiny. Most football teams would spend, like, uh, you know, top football teams like Manchester United, Liverpool's, Man City's would yeah. be about like between like 200 million and 500 million. So like Spurs would spend about like, you know, five to like 10% of what other clubs would but yet they're like coming third in the league they're in the quarterfinal of the Champions League now wow. one of the things they're always criticised for is not winning trophies which always upsets me or like when, when I read articles about it or listen to podcasts I'm like no and for some reason it, it doesn't resonate I, I just don't feel like it's fair criticism and what I've boiled it down to is the fact that the journey of being a Spurs fan is very fulfilling because like they, they were they were crap again going back to that narrative thing they were useless like they had no bottle they were nothing <laughs> now they've got these like this new young manager these new young players that they've kind of grown from their academy like they haven't gone out and bought them for millions of yeah. euro for they're the, the bridesmaid they're not the bride but that's still amazing yeah, yeah, it's like they're yeah, doing yeah. it the right way. All, all this stuff they haven't got money from like Abu Dhabi, which a lot of it, like for oil money and stuff comes into football and kind of makes it like financial doping. All these things. But sorry, the long-winded way of what I'm trying to say is the reason it doesn't feel right is because okay, the 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 destination would be 
winning a cup or, or getting to a cup final. And yeah. That would be great. And I'd love that because it represents something. But what's real cool is like the week to week following these lads who like have come from other different backgrounds, whatever it is. But like they're going out and they're doing things the right way and like they're getting results like incrementally, slowly but surely. Yeah, it's amazing. Really, yeah. It's lovely to see it. It's also interesting, like, you know, um, we're both actors and, you know, again, we were talking about this at the start of the, the show, but like the thing of like, you know, commercial theatre more versus like, like Irish Times Awardsy theatre, whatever, like, yeah. wanna, like, I don't even know what that means, but yeah. it's the best, it's a shortcut to what I'm trying to say. I know it's, what you mean. Though. It's like, um, you, you you might think like getting like an, an, a nominee, nomination and like, you know, you're going to be on the stage or your name's going to be read out, whatever, yeah. whatever that looks yeah. like, that that'd be it. Yeah, it was the process of making a show from scratch and like from your own experience and with something that you cared about that yeah that stands totally. out above all which is and worth remembering totally and the thing you were like I always have to remind myself of like stay in your own lane it's your you know it's your journey and all that kind of stuff because and I, re I remember really practicing that like I remember someone told me years ago that like <clears throat> he got a huge job and I can't remember who it was with but like he kept thinking, well, what's the next thing? What's coming next? What's coming next? And he never enjoyed what he was doing. And I, he told me that when I was quite young and I really took that on. And I was like, oh, like definitely I, I will not do that. And I remember when I got the the Druid job, the, the shelter or whatever, and I went down to Galway and I wasn't thinking who who's going to see me in this or what else can I get from this? Could I possibly get a job in here? Could I possibly... I literally just had a ball, like... Mm. And, I, and I kept reminding myself of that. I was like, this is great. This is great. Enjoy this. I wasn't looking for anything else. I wasn't looking to... Um, climb. I wasn't looking to climb even for that. I was just enjoying the moment. And I don't know. I'm a bit kind of... I don't want to say wanky, but I believe that that kind of came across and maybe that's why I got the nomination, maybe. Do you know what I mean? As sure. in, like, I really was wholeheartedly in it. Like, um, I wasn't thinking about anything else other than that. And I was going, this is content. This is happy. And there's nothing else I want right now other than this, like. Gorgeous. And was yeah. it, what did you find it was as simple as that? Like, so y you have those words that y your friend passed on echoing in your ear being like, you know, this is a big job for me. I've got to, I've got to enjoy it. Was there the other voice in your head that that you know like is the, the more business so side of your brain and I don't know if mm. if that's a, a thing for you, but like that that's also was there that voice that was saying, yeah, but like may maybe you shouldn't invite like X Y casting director. Maybe like you might actually get a London agent out of this. Maybe <laughs> ba -ba -da -ba -da. Does, was that there and was it a case of shutting that off or I I didn't do that because I was trying to write a show in a bag at the same time. I had my hands full. Okay. So I was just like, I have something straight after this, and it's my own thing, which is terrifying. Yeah. So actually, all of my energy outside of the play had to go to another play brilliant that the, was mine and there's a freedom in that isn't it and there was like I wasn't thinking about who could give me things like who can give me the next thing who yeah. can give me the next thing I was like I'm doing the next thing myself oh. do you know what I mean what a winning combination yeah yeah I think that is actually I mean terrifying but totally. at the same time you're just going I don't need anything from anyone like you know but it is the dream isn't it when you can like look and like so I mean you're, you're able to look you know like four months in advance maybe more and be like there are things and they are all fulfilling to me and they are all yeah. going to be, you know, reasonably like financially okay and like, oh, what a breath of like relief that can be. Yeah, you totally. Know? Like, you know, it ticks so many of the boxes like just purpose-wise, artistic-wise, financially, like yeah. so much. Yeah. It's amazing. And like, and don't get me wrong, like I, I, because I was in a theatre company for, for so long um, that people didn't ever really 
audition me. Mm. Like I didn't really get auditioned. And if I did get the odd audition, it would be, I would kind of go, oh, it's grand because I'm on tour or, you know, if I don't get it, it's fine. Whereas when I made the decision to kind of go, right, what is it like to go out and, and see what it's like to just act and to just, you know, be on your own without a theatre company, being in an ensemble and stuff like that. What what will that be like? And when I cut my ties with, with theatre club to do that for myself, like, um, I had to knock on like so many doors and go, I'm here, I want to be seen, I'm here, I want to be seen, I'm here, I want to be seen. And, and great things came for it. I mean, you know, it was a great year and all of that kind of stuff. And then, you know, and then you get the Irish Times Theatre nomination, which is great. And then I signed with a, a new agent, uh, Susanna Norris, and mm. she's great as well. And then you're kind of going, oh, Jesus, but I still have the same. I still have the same things to do this year. I still have to make, I still have to knock on the door. I still have to, you know what I mean? And it kind of goes, there's no point in always then trying to look because you just have to keep doing the same thing anyway. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. When you say knocking on the door, what does that look like for you? <laughs> knocking on the door? <laughs> Literally knocking on the door. <laughs> no, like... Um, Security. Send, yeah, She's send her, on the that one's door back again, again quick. Um, no, it's like sending emails, having meetings, um... Like I, I made sure to send a, an email to absolutely everyone last year to let them know where I was at and going, I want to be seen, I want to be seen. Meeting people, meeting friends of mine who are directors, who are writers and going, I know we're pals, but I actually want to work. I want to work. I want to be a job an actor. I want to go. I want to see what it's like to play role. I like not see what it's like. I know what it's like to play roles, but I just hadn't had the much of an opportunity because all my work was with theatre club, you know, which was kind of a different kind of, kind of style. Mm. And I was like, I want to see... What, what that's like and, and I think from putting all of that out there and, and, and getting a, a knocking on all of those doors then things started ha like things started happening you know totally yeah lovely we give it a spin yeah go on alright sweet number nine do you have it no nope. no worries number nine the question is do you have a favourite quote the joy is in the journey really yeah funny I said it yeah but I mean it's I think it's true yeah and what, like, can you look back at times where that was a struggle to to remember that? Because, like, like, for example, you know, I don't know, is it the start of a year or whatever it might be, but I was, like, looking around and just kind of taking stock of, like, my life, about, like, life life and work life, mm. love life, whatever the things are. And, you know, I was looking around and being like, okay, it's interesting because, like, I try to get better at, like, writing stuff down and, okay. like, you know, putting that, purpose like onto a page or, or whatever it is like your thoughts like yeah, yeah like are things like things that I, w I would like for my life to look like you know mm, what I mean mm. like um and if, if I was to look back at like some of the things I wrote down about a year ago like loads of them have actually happened but in ways that maybe it, it doesn't feel like it exactly like what I thought it would feel like or, or look like exactly what I thought it would look like but you know, and it, and and then other other things haven't happened as well, and then other things have like changed. And I'm like, I, I actually wouldn't really like that anymore. But this new thing that I didn't even know existed, now I'd really like that. All this stuff, you know. Yeah. But trying to trying to appreciate <laughs> that it it doesn't always look the way you want it to look, or feel the way you thought it might feel. Right. Mm. And but to be okay with that, and just in like I guess trying to just enjoy the surprise of being like, oh, this is what the reality of that is actually like and it's still it's still lovely and yeah. it's great and it is actually what I want but you know 
I guess it, it's that thing of like the feeling you think a thing will give you and I mean like the, the theatre award nomination can, can only be an example of that like I'm, I'm sure like the, the initial feeling that is great like it's a, a rush of adrenaline and it's all your pals congratulating you yeah. and it's like respect from an industry that like fundamentally I assume you admire and you know yeah. like, like yeah. being a part of but at the same time then like you know you're still waking up and you're still doing the same things and you know the leap card doesn't work and the car <laughs> breaks down or whatever it is oh my god that is so funny that you said that because the day after <laughs> I got the Irish Times the award nomination my car broke the next day brilliant literally flat tyre then next thing you know my car breaks I have to buy a new car and like my dad was helping me or whatever and I was just like oh how times have changed since Saturday morning yeah. and he was like I know love. I was like it's so funny because reality is just life like it's so fun. like yesterday I was in um, the Jervis shopping centre and I was going up to the library uh, here's me bragging that I read books everyone I, I was book. reading a book, a book. Um, I love a book and uh, I've only started reading like it, this is like a shameful thing but I was saying to you earlier like I found it much easier to ingest like stuff yeah w- yeah like with podcasts or audiobooks and totally yeah. I've started like trying to make an effort to read because it's good for me like the stillness of it and it forces you to sit and read rather than like if I'm listening to podcasts I can be doing a million other things like and you know there's no stillness to it and stillness is something I need a little bit more of I think yeah. in life you know me too me too yeah and it's just like the way the world is and like the nature of being a freelancer all these things you have this impulse to go yeah. go go so anyway but I was in there and in part of my go go going um, yeah. this 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 uh, woman in front of me just kind of was you know when someone's like walking like real obnoxiously and they were just kind of like she was stopping texting her phone and, and like we were just I just caught myself like being uh, like narky and annoyed not that I said anything I was just behind her like feeling resentful that she was walking <laughs> shit you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. she was just stopping and like in the way and so I eventually like got around her and I kind of caught myself like under, like you know in my head just being like like um and then the next minute like this little kid is walking in front of me and then like they've fallen over in front of me and like oh are you okay and like picking them up and literally like and another like woman was doing this mad thing where uh, she was all over the place and I was trying to get by and I was just like oh, okay hell hello universe I see you yes I'll slow down I'll stop being an idiot it's just this is just life and yeah. this is okay you know what I mean but yeah. it, it is funny when like and look that could be just three people in a row that like were not meeting my <laughs> fucking stupid standards of walking like god help me but do you know what I mean I know what you mean but it's though, funny yeah. when like the world just like I got annoyed at like one thing and then it was like yeah we'll do that again to you and again and again and like cop on yeah, <laughs> or certainly yeah, that's the yeah. meaning I'm willing to divulge from like from that thing so totally yeah yeah, yeah. right will we give it we give it another spin yeah give it another one okay here we go number 53 do you have it no no worries number 53 the question is, where are we? Oh, if you could give 12-year-old you some advice, what would you say? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> God, I don't I don't know, actually. Yeah. I genuinely don't know. Mm. What were you like when you were 12? What was I... That's when you're just heading into secondary school, weren't you? Yeah, like sixth class, maybe even first year, depending if you were young. Yeah, like, I just remember being, like, very happy. Really? Yeah. Mm. I got, I loved school, like. Right. So I never really had a hard time in there, like, and so, you know, when I kind of find those questions hard, because I'm like, I was just having a nice time. And, and like, I'm trying to remember even insecurities I had. It was probably always those things of, like, oh, maybe I'm not pretty enough for it, you know what I mean? But I, I can't genuinely, I'm not lying, I can't even remember anything that was, like, 
substantial like that I would feel I'd need to give her advice about like totally and like you know and it's interesting in framing that just through the lens of, of bringing like a young person into the world and like going through all those times that you like went through because you know for example if I look back at that time if I look back at like let's say secondary school because it it's pretty memorable time I guess and like there's yeah. just a lot changing and you're, you're being there's a lot coming at you for the first time you know like yeah totally when when you think like do, do you ever find yourself thinking of you know your, your kid and like the first time you know they're confronted with you know someone you know like with, with drugs or drink or like sex and all these things like do you, mm. do, you, do, you, do you think about what you're, you're gonna say how are you gonna frame these things like giving them the freedom while you know m- making sure you know that, that they're not making choices that you know fundamentally down the line are, are gonna be damaging whatever that might be so funny like I never really think about that mm. the only thing I ever think about when I'm older is like that he's going to love someone more than me <laughs> like I'm like oh he's ultimately like probably gonna fall in love with someone and like cause right now we're his everything like and one day we won't be but do you feel like that's true for you do you love someone more than you love your mum and dad not that it's more I suppose it's a different kind of love but right. I suppose I don't like some days I would go without ringing me mum and me dad and like you know it can go days without ringing me dad like cause he's you know he's always in work and stuff so like and then so yeah, like it, I just find I find like that kind of change hard. Where you go, oh my god! Like at one point, like it was just like th- our parents were literally everything we had, and then you have to. I suppose it's just part of growing up, isn't it? Yeah. So I always just think about that. I'm like, oh god, one day like we won't be his everything. He'll be like going off into the world. He p- might have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever, and like, and they're going to like he'll want to hang out with them more. Like totally, it's, <laughs> it's all in little stages. Like the first time, like when it's like. Mom, you're not cool. Like, don't pick me up from school anymore. I'll walk, or I know, or whatever it is, yeah. or like, or like the first time, yeah, you know, it's you like. Not think I was cool. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wearing that fucking hat. I know. Yeah, like I have my hat on. <laughs> um, and uh, or like, or like, you know, like I think about that. Like, when I was in college, I got to do a year in the states. Like, oh, oh well, a semester. We got like like a scholarship exchange not Erasmus like a no ours was luckier than that we got it paid for like by the other school it was amazing wow. like it was it was amazing but like imagine like you know like when, when I think about that now like I was still probably 20 going over do you know yeah but, yeah but um like saying to you know mum and dad like yeah I'm, I'm moving to Australia like imagine imagine I, what that's like I when, know when, when you've oh god when you've done everything when for you've done everything someone, yeah. and like that's of course what you want because if they if they want to go to Australia and they want to live this life or experience this experience temporarily or forever but like it must be so hard for parents it must be like I know I, ha- I haven't even thought about that because you know you're just so in one fra- phase of course. I'm sure you probably don't even think about it until it starts happening you know yeah it's yeah. mad I can't imagine it right we do, do one more Last okay one. one more go for it we gotta let you get to go I finish up your show yeah. alright number 57 do you have it no, God, they're all kind of close numbers, close numbers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they kind of are. Um, uh, well, this is actually, uh, <laughs> this is a weird. This is actually for kids because I've made you talk about your child so much, but it's not because it's interesting. That's good. Uh, the question is, if you were to have a child, would you bring them up with religion? You do have a child. No religion, no. Right. No, we don't do religion. Um, I don't believe. I don't believe in any religion really. I'm kind of. I'm. I feel like I'm a spiritual person, and I believe in. Um the universe and I believe that there's definitely something greater at play mm. but I don't believe that's God and I don't believe that 
I don't know if I believe any of the Bible really. Sure. I think they're all nice stories. Like, yeah. Um, but ultimately, I think they're stories. And I definitely don't personally agree with <clears throat> the institutions. I don't agree with uh, the Catholic institutions. So therefore, I felt like I couldn't sign me son up for that mm. when I didn't believe in it anyway. Um, and I, I think it would just be a tokenistic gesture to have a christening or to have a communion because that's what everyone else does. And I was just like, why, like, why would I do that? Like, you know what I mean? As in, like, it's not for me. And I think anyone else who is up for that I'm, and wants to do that and wants to christen their children, even if they don't believe in it, I mean, absolutely everyone to their own. But like, for me, I was just like, no, I won't. I won't do that. Like, mm. so he'll have to, he'll go to like an educate together school and everything, you know, no religion. And then, oh my God, like if he wants to be, Buddhist or whatever or any religion he can totally go and do whatever he wants to do but I'm not going to put that on him like yeah yeah mm. and it, you know within that choice of yeah like not wanting to go down the route that like probably the vast majority of us were brought down yeah like, because totally. of well I mean you know partially because like that was the generation but also because of the the stronghold that the church had over the school system I mean they still do but less and less and less yeah yeah like do you think about what role like spirituality or or a higher power will, if any role, play in... Like, does that play a role in your life? And if not, do you feel like a... Do you feel like a need to to leave that as an option for your child? Or is it kind of thing, like, if they want that, they'll find that? I think if they want that, they'll find it. I mean, I think what I'm more so practicing is, like, do you know, like, hum humanism. Mm -hmm. Like, as in, do right by you, do right by others, like, and as best you can, and just um like um practice good and good will come back to you and you know practice love and love will come back to you and all of that kind of stuff um i think love is the answer to all the questions mm. so i think if we just practice more love well then and like for for everyone and empathy i think that's kind of a religion in itself i feel like a lot of and forgiveness and stuff like that mm. that's all in the bible like yeah that's all in christianity and catholicism it's just the oppression that goes with it that yeah. it has no part in anyone's lives really no. like you know there's absolutely no reason why anyone should be hated for being a certain way yeah whether it's gay or whether it's a single mother or whether it's black or whatever you know mm -hmm. it makes no sense to me so yeah i think you can find it on your own like because we've had to because because a lot of our generation who were christened and who were brought up catholic we've had to find our own and you do you find it like yeah you know yeah. love it <laughs> nice way to finish yeah um come here thanks so much for doing this oh and not at all yeah. thanks for having me in it was a pleasure lovely to meet yeah, you it was lovely um will you do me a favor i know you've got some things coming up you're, you're in your last week with rapid so by the time this comes out that's going to be done but um yeah that was an amazing success great run of the project tour all around the country yeah uh, we're talking shop um and do me a favor i know that your show split ends is coming back to beauty so can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, where we can see it yes uh so split ends is coming back to Beaulieu's after its fringe run it's going to be on uh the first till the 13th of april and uh is that at 1 p.m brilliant and is there anything else you need to know about it uh, website to Beaulies. No, Beaulies is actually. I think you you can call Beaulies to oh, book brilliant. to book tickets. Yeah, old fashioned. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Deadly and get in and see it because uh, yeah, it's an hour long. So in and out. In and out. Yeah. That's who you want on your lunch break. Exactly. Sweet. Yeah. Lauren Arkin, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks though. a million, Tom. That was lovely.
So guys, that was the amazing Lauren Larkin playing personality bingo. Lauren, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. It was so lovely to sit down and chat. Everyone said that I think you were great and I think you're great. Um, so hopefully I'll see you a bit soon uh, and after your show because it's going to be wonderful. It's from the 1st to the 13th of April. That split ends at Beauty's Cafe Theatre. Go and check it out. It's a 1pm show. They do brilliant lunchtime work there uh, and this one's been rave reviewed right across the board. I can't wait to see it. You should be excited too. Uh, guys, the thank yous as always to the wonderful Aaron Lindsay for mixing, editing and producing this podcast. To the brilliant Liam Moore and Anthony Manley for their deadly theme music. To Alan Bennett and Paddy O'Leary for keeping the lights on and having to support the Headstuff Podcast Network. And to... Who did I not think? I'm sick and my brain isn't working. Connor Nolan for his deadly artwork. Ah. Oh. How could I forget? Uh, guys, as always, a massive thank you to our wonderful Patreon, uh, Patreon donors. Uh, it's a huge... I was going to say patrons and Patreon donors. I got a bit confused. As I said, my brain isn't working, but fuck it, you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, it means the world that you um, kick something our way, and uh, it helps so much in the running of the show. If you're someone who thinks they could do that, a couple of euro, a fiver a month, whatever it might be, go and help out. It makes a massive, massive difference. So, guys, enjoy your weekend, and... Tune in next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moran.